0: just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida.
1: Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.
0: Welcome, friends, to another edition of On The Rails, with me, your host, Forrest Whitman, here at KHEN, every Sunday morning at 930 every Wednesday morning at 11, anytime uh, as a podcast, or anytime on iTunes. And we're really happy to have with us um, Randy Grauberger, who is kind of a star of this show. When he's come on, the, the numbers <laughs> have seemed to come up. So, um, I, you know, and uh, he is the project director for the uh, Front Range Passenger Rail and Colorado uh, Chief, or not, Southwest Chief um, Commission, which is the Colorado State Commission. And that's a long explanation, but what, what we're doing today is feeling all kind of bad, almost, because um, Randy is no longer gonna be continuing as project director there. And so those of you who, and I know I do, who depend on, hearing from him from time to time are uh, kind of sorry we're not gonna be hearing from him in the future. And so welcome Randy. And that's an, kind of an ominous note. I don't mean to be ominous, but, uh, but uh, welcome.
2: Thank you, Forrest.
0: Good to be here again. Uh, how, how concerned are we with why we're not gonna have a project director anymore? And, and why in the world won't we have one anymore? Uh, that's, I don't understand.
2: Well, Forrest, the uh, the commission was notified by CDOT back in November that the um, state attorney general had, had issued an opinion back in 2019. Uh, I'm not sure why we didn't find out about it till November of 2020, but uh, the attorney general's opinion basically said that uh, all of the legislation, uh, and particularly the Southwest Chief and Front Range Passenger Rail legislation, Uh, which called for the commission's ability to hire its own staff, that being me as project director and and Spencer Dodge as the commission liaison, Uh, they indicated or the attorney general indicated that that legislation was unconstitutional. Uh, Apparently the uh, authority to um, uh, select and, and hire the staff for these various boards and commissions lies within the umbrella state agency. In this case, CDOT. And so CDOT has made the decision that they don't believe that the uh, project director's position for the rail commission is necessary. And therefore, my two year term um, will expire on February 18th. I was hired on February 19th of, of 2019. And it's been a fun two years, a fast two years. I don't know where the time has gone, but two years are almost up. So my last day with the commission will be. February 18th, um, uh, two weeks from yesterday. So um, we're not sure exactly, you know, what's going to take place next. I I believe uh, they've decided to go ahead and retain Spencer Dodge uh, beyond his two-year term. Uh, That will expire sometime in July. Um, So Spencer will be remaining with with the commission. and, And I would encourage you to uh, I'll provide you with Spencer Dodge's information and contact information, and encourage you to have uh, Spencer uh, continue to have conversations with you and all of the listeners on your show uh, for us about uh, about the rail commission. You know, in in the future, uh, Spencer's a wonderful uh, young guy. He's got a lot of energy, and he's looking forward to uh, continue coordinating with the uh, uh, the commission in his position as as liaison to the rail commission.
0: Well, those are big changes. And um, uh, I do have to read you at least two listener comments. This will make you feel good. Always look forward to Grauberger's telling us what the heck we might be about to see out here with the chief. Uh, He seems to know what's going on. And uh, when we call some other places, we get vague answers, but when he comes on the show, we get regular answers. So there, there, you've got one fan male and, and another, yeah, yeah. And, and another person, this is Hannah and, and who's one of our regular listeners, Hannah, I know her a bit. And uh, Hannah is essentially saying the same thing. When, when, when we've had you on here, we've gotten some answers. So so some fan nail, you can stick that on your bulletin board as, you, as okay. you go out the door or whatever.
2: I appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Well, I've got a couple updates for you today on, on some of the things that are going on. Um, as you know, we, we received the Chrissy grant, uh, the federal uh, grant for uh, the total project is $450,000 back in February of of the last year. And um, we're in the process of selecting the consultant team to do that study. And that will be to look at uh, creating a through car operation off of the Southwest chief from La Junta into Pueblo and up to Colorado Springs. Uh, That study will probably take about 15 months to complete. And I believe the the um, selection team is going to announce the winning consultant for that project Um, I think today or early next week. So that information should be coming out shortly. But that'll be an exciting project, looking at at extending uh, Southwest Chief from La Junta on into Pueblo and up to Colorado Springs. We've been looking forward to that project for a while now, and it's gonna be coming to fruition in terms of the the alternatives analysis, uh, looking at the best way to make that service happen.
0: Pretty exciting. Now, well, I said we weren't going to do all the questions and you said too, you weren't sure you knew, knew, I don't think anybody knows the answers. But um, of course, this is the big one that keeps coming up is when are we going to get rid of this three-day-a-week service? And um, I don't think anybody has any answers. I think probably probably maybe Buttigieg, how I say his name wrong, the new Secretary of Transportation in D.C., he may have some answers. I don't know. Have you heard anything beyond what we've heard here?
2: Yes. Rob Eaton is the uh, Amtrak representative, the non-voting member of the of the Colorado Rail Commission. And Rob, at, a, at our last commission meeting back on January 22nd, in his update, he indicated that Amtrak is, is still looking at all the various metrics that they're tracking. Uh, but they're hoping that uh, they'll be able to reinstate uh, seven-day-a-week service again um, by the time summer rolls around, because that's obviously Amtrak's biggest peak season, and he's excited about the the prospects with the uh, new president. Uh, a lot of people know that Joe Biden's nickname, you know, around Washington, is Amtrak Joe, and I think that's very exciting for for all of Amtrak and all passenger rail. Uh, opportunities around the country. Plus now with uh, both the U.S. House of Representatives and and the Senate, uh, well, the Senate's 50-50, but with the tiebreaker going to the Democratic Vice President, uh, Amtrak is pretty confident that their reauthorization proposal for additional funding and and the funding to provide that seven-day service, uh, they think that will be forthcoming. So there's a lot of optimism within Amtrak about about the next four years in the current administration. Also, I think the, just the fact that so many people are now getting their COVID vaccinations, uh, I'm very optimistic about the the whole uh, trend of of COVID. Um, you know, moving down and the hospitalizations going down and the people being infected starting to head down. I think that's going to pick up steam too. And. And, and move all those numbers in the right direction, which is where we want all of them to be. That's for sure.
0: Boy, big changes there. Pretty pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Yeah. Hey, what do we know about, uh, go ahead. Now, our, we want to mention, by the way, that in the background here is Rick White, our faithful engineer who keeps on the rails, on the rails. On the rails. Yeah, on the rails. and. Now you may have. That was him. That was we. We. You may have uh, something. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, we all got one. I got. Uh, Anyway,
3: go ahead, Forrest. I have to take.
0: No, 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 no. I I was just. I was just going to say that. That um, which leads to an. I said we weren't going to just completely tie you up with these questions, but this next one is what. What do we think about? the top leadership at Amtrak? Uh, are they totally just focused on uh, commuter or are they gonna pay attention to our long distance? And I, I don't know, we'd have to get in their heads to know, but do we have, uh, maybe Rob Eaton knows a little about that. Yeah,
2: Rob has indicated that he believes the new leadership at Amtrak is, is very supportive of the long distance trains. Uh, obviously the bread and butter for Amtrak is the Northeast Corridor and that will always continue to be a very important portion of their work. But Rob is, is convinced that the, uh, the board and the leadership at Amtrak now are very committed to uh, not only continuing the long distance service, but enhancing it, uh, upgrading it with new equipment, uh, getting back to seven days a week service. and And that's, that's the word we're hearing from Rob Eaton.
0: Well, we had on this show not long ago, the head of, Utah Rail, and um, which is a a little bit like the Colorado Rail Association, mm-hmm. and, and the Utah Rail people uh, were prop- had the idea that at some point uh, Rick White and I, well Rick, <laughs> or, or some other members of Colorado over here would uh, hop on the, the train here again like we used to at uh, Union Station in Denver or in um, Maybe go in with Springs, uh, take the train over there to Helper, Utah, and meet with the Utah Rail people and spend a lovely in lovely Helper, Utah. And he says he's not kidding. He says Helper, Utah, really is a neat place. It's an art center, uh, kind of a nice climate, kind of a little fun place to spend the night and have a Utah, a Utah Colorado meeting between the Utah Passenger Rail Association and and Colorado, and I think that Rick White has already signed up for that trip, and he doesn't know it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a neat thing. And but but of course, there again depends on on daily service to, to, yeah. to make that happen. But um, so, uh, but they're they're pretty excited about Utah. He well, he he felt like um, they're having some good success. They're gradually moving their legislators away from automobile centric um, situation, which is difficult in a place like Utah, which is pretty automobile centric at the present time. But uh, he he feels that they're having some success. And um, so they're they're all these straws in the wind, I, I think. But they're all blowing in a good direction, I'd say. Do you want to comment any more on that, Randy, or? No, I've been, uh, I know who you're
2: talking about. And I think the Utah folks have, have done a good job with their uh, front runner train uh, that connects Ogden, Provo and Salt Lake City. And uh, at some point, um, I know the commission was anticipating that if I were able to continue as their project director, they were looking to have me as soon as the COVID dust died down a little bit, go over and spend some time with the folks in Utah and get a little more information about there. Uh, their system and their network as, as we in Colorado try to do the same kind of thing uh, between Pueblo and Fort Collins through Denver so uh, no we're, we're certainly keeping close tabs and I think I think the Utah folks will actually be making a presentation to uh, the Colorado Rail Commission at one of their monthly meetings here in the next few months
0: and since we're getting there well we're, we're way ahead of ourselves but when is the next meeting? of the commission uh, so that we might zoom in on it. It would be three weeks from today, 26th of February. All right. And those meetings are open to the public. You yep. can um, you can zoom into them. Sometimes the Zoom works uh, pretty well and um, <laughs> sometimes not. Yeah, and,
2: that's a challenge and, uh, sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, And you still, now let me back up, you have to go to CDOT to to get the uh, info on that. Yeah, you
2: can go to the Rail Commission's website, um, through the CDOT website, and and access the uh, information about uh, the upcoming meetings, as well as look at all the meeting minutes and notes and all of the uh, handouts and and PowerPoint presentations that were part of the previous commission. So those go way back for the last two years. Those are all on the website.
0: Yeah, and really, really interesting too. Um, at least the last Zoom meeting, uh, you, you could listen but not talk, but it looks like they're gonna change it so you can even somehow talk your questions in. Although of course they gotta stick to a pretty pretty tight agenda there.
3: Right you would think so um hey Forrest. Uh, thank you yes. for, thank you for the intro earlier i had a phone call come in but i had a question and i'm backing up a little bit and it has to sure. do with this um uh having an extension of the southwest chief from la junta to colorado springs will will that be like a um how would that work if i got on the train at um Colorado Springs, and I wanted to head west to Los Angeles, Did, does the train go back to La Junta and then get on that That's, line?
2: At this point, it would. Okay. Uh, it would go down through Pueblo and then back out to La Junta and pick up the westbound chief the next day.
3: I see. Okay. And same for the other. So it's yes. a it's a
2: spur line. That's right. Yeah. They'll also- keep a separate locomotive and separate equipment in La Junta, uh, specifically to that, and then they turn it around in Colorado Springs and go back the next day. And all of the details of that will come up in this alternatives analysis study that, that will be getting underway probably. And, oh, I would say by the time, if they identify who the contractor is today or next week, I would imagine they would get a notice to proceed on that study, You know, perhaps in late March, uh, early April at the latest for that study to kick off. But that will evaluate you know, all the timing, the uh, demand, how many cars would need to be on that train, um, you know, but they're anticipating Amtrak's indicated they would just leave a locomotive, a separate locomotive uh, in La Junta to make that run to Pueblo and up to Colorado Springs. Whether or not there would be more than one one service uh, a day, we're not sure. That'll all come out in the wash as, as that study proceeds. Yeah. No. So Spencer will be glad to give you guys updates on that, you know, over the next few months. Um, I believe now with me being gone, they expect Spencer to be the project manager for that consultant contract. And uh, so he would be the one to uh, provide your radio show and, and listeners with with all the updates as that study progresses over the next several months.
0: Progresses. Well, we certainly have had some uh, intrepid writers through this. I'll tell you what. We could get into some of these personal stories, but uh, a number of these writers who uh, they they haven't given up. This three-day-a-week thing makes it a little difficult for them, but they they're still they're still writing and they're they're still writing the chief. But um, it's it it's it's a little bit tough. Um, some some of these some of these strings go on. The uh, one that I thought was really impressed with, or I was really impressed with, um, this is a couple of folks who uh, continue every other week to ride uh, the chief from uh, their little town, which is uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico. And, um, And they continue riding it, even though they've had to completely, she is apparently does some kind of chemotherapy and is unable to fly. And, and riding and, and driving is extremely difficult. So um, not to get hung up on them, but just to say that, that there are people who do depend on the chief for more things than, uh, that some, some things you'd be surprised at. So they've continued to do that. They've changed their schedule a little. But, um, and they, they still say it's kind of halfway decent. I mean, apparently between um, oh uh, their little town and uh, Los Angeles uh, why um, they they do serve some kind of food it's kind of airline food and but it's edible apparently so that's all they'll say is edible <laughs> but but uh, I don't know have you heard any? Any personal stories like that? Probably they don't filter up your uh,
2: No, haven't heard those. Uh, for it sounds like you're getting a little few more of the stories than I am.
0: Well, that's what this show gets. We get we get all kinds of them. And, there you go. And then it goes all kinds of ways. We got a guy who calls in regularly who remembers how it was to work on the railroad, uh, to work on the chief uh, back back in the day and and we're going to get him on the show sometime. Sometimes it's fun just to get these reminiscences, uh, too. You know, that's what uh, rail fans do. And uh, of course, the sites, uh, Friends of the Southwest, Friends of the Southwest Chief is a very interesting site. Uh, I go to it probably, probably a couple of times a week. And it's stories, 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 railroad stories, uh, brakeman stories um you know that kind of thing on friends of the southwest chief that's where this actually this story just came from and um we get some of those folks on this show and it and then we mentioned this show on that site and you, you know it, it, rail fans are an interesting bunch oh my gosh you get, you get the full gamut uh, um i will we don't want to get too political here although we can be that is we, as long as we say, as we always say, the opinions and beliefs expressed on this show are those of the moderator, Forrest Whitman, and of the guests on this show, and do not reflect on the management, station, staff, or board of KHEN Enterprises. Very good. So, did I get that right there, Rick, for I once? I think you got yeah. it. I'm right on the money. Yeah. All right. This, is a, this show is wandering hey, um, around as, they, as can they're I throw, all day. Can I throw a yeah, question? Jump in, jump in, Rick.
3: Yeah, I'm going to throw a question at Randy that, uh, you know, if you don't have an answer. But I'm interested in your opinion on what this little hot spot of rail news up in our valley is and what you might know from the uh, from the inside scoop on our Tennessee Pass, um, what would we call it, um, Tennessee Pass possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. What do well, you know?
2: I've been tracking Tennessee Pass ever since I was at uh at CDOT back in the late 90s. Uh I was the project manager for CDOT when uh when the Union Pacific sold the towner line from um east of Pueblo out to the Colorado State line. And uh so I've been that's obviously the east end of the towner excuse me, the Tennessee Pass operation for the old Union Pacific line. So uh, yeah, I've been following that forever. Uh, It's exciting now that there are again opportunities. The Surface Transportation Board is dealing with more than one company that would be interested in operating uh, Tennessee Pass. There's the agricultural folks out on the Eastern Plains and there's the folks in Utah uh, that are considering uh, the possibility of some passenger service Uh, at least from Eagle County to Minturn, Then there's always been potential for, you know, passenger service over the entire route. Uh, We've heard rumors about possible oil trains uh, from the Uinta Basin in Utah uh, that would be a shortcut to the Gulf of Mexico if they could get over Tennessee Pass. So a lot of unknowns, but uh, a lot of information in the newspapers and, and in the media recently about that. So I don't have a lot of new details on that. Um, I don't know that CDOT is aware of, of too much more than I am right at this point, but, um, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of exciting things happening, you know, and the potential for, uh, that Tennessee pass route, you know, reopening at least parts of it, uh, in the, in the relatively near future, I would say. So,
0: yeah, it's, uh, uh, and- it is, that is exciting. And, uh, All of the counties along the the way are chiming in on the thing. Um, Most of the eastern end counties saying, hey, we want it because we're being strangled by the Union Pacific with their freight rates, which are higher for us than for anybody else. Because we don't, well, that's, that's the only way they can ship their grain, apparently, other than a truck. And uh, so that's interesting. They, they really want to see it. Want to go? Now the we also have a number of. Uh, well, Rick can tell you this too. We had a fellow on the show here just recently, kind of kind of representing the groups that don't want anything. They wanted to just stay out of service as as it is now. But I don't think Surface Transportation Board is going to let. Union Pacific do that. It doesn't sound like it. I mean, it sounds like they feel it's their their duty to uh, to what to to to, to reopen it. I, I gather. I don't know. Can you comment? Is that above your pay grade too? It's above mine?
2: Yeah, that's above my pay grade. But I do believe that you know the Surface Transportation Board is is in the position to uh, since they have never let the UP abandon that and. And take it out i think that certainly is a possibility that the surface transportation board will work with one of these companies to uh, at least further explore the possibility of, of reinstating some freight service and some passenger service at different points along the corridor you know uh, forrest i think this really gives you an opportunity to have a lot of good topics on future uh, future radio shows as this project progresses i imagine the representatives from the different railroads and, and the communities will continue to wanna get their message out to uh, you and your, your listeners.
0: Yeah, I, I would think so too, it's, it's exciting. It's, well, oh my goodness, We're, we are winding down with segment one of two segments here with uh, Randy Grauberger, project director uh, for our, our front range passenger rail and commuter uh, board here in Colorado and it's his last week. So we wanted to get one final interview in and uh, we earlier read he's got a couple, he's got some fans. He may have more fans for this show than I do. No, I don't, I don't know, but, um, but all right, uh, we're going to highball out of here and finish segment one. And then we'll be right back in a little bit next week with segment two. So tune into on the rails. Thanks a lot. Here it comes. We're gonna hear the whistle. When we hear the whistle, we're gonna say high ball and end the segment. That was a little soft, whistle. All right, high ball, high ball, high, high ball, high ball. High. High ball. <laughs>